I'm believing today that God will speak something to us to encourage us. I believe today that this message is a timely message. And why? Because we are in a very anti-Christ, anti-God in time. And I'm just going to say this with all due respect. If you don't see that, then you don't know spiritual things. But all you got to do is look at your Bible and look at what's going on in the world and you can see that we're in the end times. We're in the a, an anti-Christ, anti-God uh, time that we're living in. God and His Word is being challenged. His authority is being challenged. His very existence is being challenged. His very creative design is being challenged. I heard an astronaut that said, we're going to be going back to the moon. I heard this on, uh, I believe it was the radio on a news channel. And he said, we're going back to the moon because we still need to find out, you know, our existence and where we've come from. And all of these things need to be discovered. And I said, I already know. Amen. You're just the expert. Well, I'm telling you, I believe God's word. Praise God. You know, when you begin to come to the, to the core of everything and you see, you, you come to that final place where you're like, you know, uh, we've, we've come to an end. Science has come to an end and we, we, we don't know, you know, about the atom any more than what we know. There's just things that we don't know and understand. That's because God is God. And if you can explain God and figure him out, he wouldn't be God. But God always brings every person to a place that they realize that there's something beyond myself. And the only way we're ever going to know that is to know Him. But uh, everything is being challenged. His existence, His creative design. You know, I, 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 I've always, uh, you know, for I don't know how many thousands of years, at least 6,000 years we know, uh, there's only been two genders, but now there's 25. I said, you know, Existence, his existence, his creative design is being challenged. His principles are being challenged. Law and order is being challenged. Everything's being challenged because there's a godless, anti-God, anti-Christ world out there and it has begun to permeate every aspect of this world from governments to entertainment to everything. But I can tell you God is still God. And I was reading this morning in Psalms chapter 2 whenever he said, why do the heathen rage? Amen. Why do the heathen rage? I want to read that to you. I just feel in my spirit I need to before we get to Psalms 23. But he said, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder. Let us cast away their cords from us. That's what they're doing. That's what the world is doing, the anti-God, anti-Christ world. But the Bible says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. I just want to say to you today that even though we're in a time where everything is fully unfolding, if we've ever needed to have faith in God and know and hold on to the to the you know the tenets of faith hold on to the faith that was once delivered to the saints it's now that's why god has me preaching this message today because if we've ever needed faith 
and to hold on? We need to now. It's like he said in the Word of God in the book of Revelation. You know, uh, strengthen those things which remain. Amen. Strengthen those things which remain. Everything's going to be shaken, and the only thing that's going to be left is that which is God in your life, that which is of Christ and the Word of God. So I'm thankful today, though, that we have this great knowledge and truth in Christ Jesus, and we can stand upon His Word. When the world's crumbling and falling apart and every institution and everything seems to be crumbling, I can tell you, God is still God. He's still on the throne. Amen. He's still on the throne. And so I want to preach today in, in uh, uh, Psalms 23. Would you stand for just a moment for the reading of the word? And this is an awesome passage of scripture, but it says, The Lord, verse Verse 1 of Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I want you to notice that scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. They pre thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just want to say before I pray, this is very, very indicative of a life that is walking in faith and with God. And it's not something that's one day, but it's a lifetime we're walking with Him. You can see the process of this. You can see how David talked about how God's with him. How God meets him at every interval in his life. And even in the valley. But you and I must know today, we're never going to make it through the valley except we are holding on to His nail-scarred hand. Amen? So this morning, let's pray over the Word of God as we preach. Father... We thank you for this time to break open the bread of life. And I pray that you'll speak through me. You'll bring encouragement. You'll bring faith, God, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That you will move through me, speak through me, God. Bring an unction from above and speak life unto this congregation. And we'll give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name we pray and ask. And everyone in the church said, God bless you. You can be seated. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell them I'm going to back the preacher. All liars will have their part in the lake of fire. I'm going to hold you to it. Are you all here this morning? Amen. Becky said you had coffee. I don't know. That's questionable. Amen. I'm awake this morning in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. In our text, the one scripture that I want to really highlight is verse 4 in the text and what I'm speaking from and this message is just entitled through faith and uh, he said yea though I walk through the valley uh, you know in Hebrews 11 we see the faith chapter unfold if you've read the word of God you know that Hebrews 11 is the faith hall of faith and it's the faith chapter and you'll read words like by faith. You'll see that 17 times in that chapter alone. By faith. 
the patriarchs and even uh, the matriarchs in the Old Testament begin to see God's promises come to pass. Some of them didn't see it in their lifetime, but they held on to faith not even seeing and possessing the promises, but many of them did see the promises of God. And I'm not going to go into all of those, but I just want to say that that particular word, by faith, or the way it's phrased, by faith, is 17 times in Hebrews 11. But there is another preposition with as bold of a proposition in that chapter, and it is through faith. Not only does he say by faith they begin to do things, but through faith they begin to see things come to pass. Five times you see that in Hebrews 11, through faith. Seventeen times by faith. There is a big difference between by faith and through faith. The difference is the time factor. By faith is an instantaneous movement of God. When Moses began to stretch out his rod by faith, the Red Sea began to part. There were things that happened instantaneously. There are things that only by faith God's going to do right before our eyes quickly. There have been things that we believed God for and He moved quickly. Amen. He moved quickly. I prayed a few months ago whenever we took the new building in June. Uh, I was praying and believing God and you all were praying with me. And from one night to the next, God by faith began to change the heart of the property manager. And today, we're not paying $2 a square foot, we're paying $1.20. That's huge. That's thousands of dollars a month. But God began to move by faith overnight, quickly. He began to move quickly. God knows how to move quickly. But I can tell you that the miracle comes oftentimes very quickly. But through faith requires some trusting and walking and patient waiting and holding on to what God has spoken to you. So there are times when you pray and God moves quickly. And then we walk in this life through different intervals and seasons and we have to go through them. I want you to understand the difference between by faith and through faith. To get to it, one must go through it. Now I know we are living in a microwave Christianity generation where everyone wants everything right now. I'm, I'm as impatient as everybody else, but we have to pray that God will help us to be patient. One of the thoughts that came out two weeks ago on Thursday when I was preaching on the incense and in prayer was that part of that, uh, that incense ingredients, there were four of them, part of it was one of them represented patience in prayer. We have to be patient in waiting for God to bring to pass everything in our life. Sometimes He operates quickly, sometimes it's it's a slow grind, but God begins to eventually bring it to pass. Amen? He will bring it to pass if you'll hold on. That's why He said, don't be weary in your well-doing. Amen? You will reap if you faint not. Hold on to that faith. Go through it, and God will bring you to it. Amen? And so, uh, but we pray, name it, claim it, and think I ought to frame it. 
But I can tell you that we're not always going to see an instantaneous manifestation of what we're praying for. God's going to bring it in time. And the, the waiting is going through the valley sometimes, and he brings us through that. And uh, so I just want to say to you today that we must go through. David went through. Paul went through. The patriarchs and men and women of God before went through. Sister Skiles and I for 23, almost 23 years have went through things in this church. We never even shared things with people sitting in the church at times. But the times that we prayed through and God brought a victory because we stayed there until the answer came. And sometimes it wasn't overnight. Sometimes it was six months or a year. We prayed for years for people to come. We prayed for years for backsliders to come back. And he's still bringing them back. Amen. Amen. There are people, I'm telling you, God is moving. And there are people that are not here today. But God is already with different people in here here cross paths with people that are not here but God is working on them to bring them back because he's married to the backslider amen amen how do you know that because you're running into them at Walmart you're running into them at the store you're running into them everywhere you go God is saying to them I want you to come back he's dealing with their hearts and so but we may have been praying for it for years well it's coming to pass we're going through that but I, I, I was reading in the word of God we, we, we're going to go through things Paul taught we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God there's going to be affliction there's going to be tribulation times and I'm not talking about great tribulation I'm talking about we go through trials and tests in our life we go through things there are people sitting here today you came through a divorce but you're here today amen that divorce didn't knock you out the anchor held you through it all. Amen. When the storm comes and the waves beat against the, 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 the ship and the sails are torn, the anchor will hold. Amen. When everything's fallen apart and you're here today because God brought you through it. Amen. Peter added that we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. James penned at best. I love this in chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. He said, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. God brought Job through one of the harshest trials of his life. He lost everything. He was brought to his very bottom. He lost even his health. He was on the edge of life, hanging on. But God, hallelujah, brought him through it. Amen. He brought him through it. And at the end, he was better and he had more because he came through it in faith. God, You've got to understand this. God is in heaven. The devil has brought 
brought railing accusation. The only reason they're serving you is because you've got a hedge around them. And whenever God began to drop that hedge, the enemy began to come in. But Job never lost his faith. Amen. He never wavered in his faith. The Bible says that he said, though he slay me, I will trust him. Amen. Though he slay me, I will trust him. His own wife, the closest person to him said, Job, you might as well just curse God and die. He said, you speak like a foolish woman. What do I have left to live for except for God? Though he slay me, I will trust him. Amen. And he said this too. He said, though my body may die and go to the ground in the dirt and the worms consume it, I know my Redeemer liveth and one day I shall see my God face to face. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Get this settled. There will be by, there will be the by faiths in your life. And all who name the name of Christ will not only see things by faith, but they will go through things and in faith as well. And it will only be because they held on through it all. As, I'm, as I said, the difference between by faith and through faith is the factor of time and patience and enduring. Though and through are almost absolutely identical except for one letter, R. Though and through are only separated or different by one letter, R, which stands for resolve. Yeah, I'm there. There's no doubt about that. Though I walk through it. You know, people complain and they murmur. And they say, why did God allow this to happen? My question to you is as a Christian, why not you? Amen. We're all going to go through things. But I think sometimes we feel like there's a superiority and eliteness about us as Christians. That we shouldn't or we're not going to go through things and some of the teaching that we've seen out there has espoused that and has taught that but I have found when they say you know if you if you're going through a time of trial or test or going through a financial thing or going through something in your family or whatever it may be a marital thing a spiritual valley you don't have any faith they'll say you don't have any faith and I said my faith brought me to this place and God is bringing me through this amen don't tell me I don't have any faith I do have faith in God I do trust God amen but I know that no matter what if I just hold on he's going to bring me through I cannot shake my fist in the face of God and say why did you allow this to happen I remember sitting laying in a hospital bed and everything was caving in on me as I laid there and I thought Lord you know I don't know why this happened to me and I've said this before to you church you know we say Lord bad things happen to good people that only happened one time in history when Jesus hung on a cross, he was the only one that was good. He said it himself, there's none good but God. And here he is hanging on the cross. 
A good man went through a bad thing, a horrific thing. But you and I, I tell you, we've sinned enough for God to send us to hell. But by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus, we stand here today redeemed. Amen. So don't say, God, why did this bad thing happen to a good person? The only reason there's anything good about you and me is because of Jesus. But you need to say, Lord, instead of why, you need to say, what do I do here, God? What do I do? Give me the faith I need to go through this valley because here I am. Amen. Well, I want to assure you of this. You're going to come through that valley. You're going to come through to the other side. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's what's so awesome. You don't stay in that valley, but he brings you through it to the other side. I know people that are sitting in that valley by choice. They're in the valley by choice because they've given up. They're in the valley of decision and they made a decision to sit there. They enjoy the valley better than the mountain. Well, you can choose that if you want to. But I learned a long time ago that God has placed before me life and death heaven or hell, blessing or cursing, he's placed before me a promised land and I've got to go over and I've got to possess that. I've got to take that, amen. I've got to go in there and the promise that he's given me, I've got to go by faith and take it and, 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 and go through. And that's exactly what those in faith did in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Every believer faces the woe of the though. Because we all face dark valleys. But you have to know today, the resolve is what's going to make it through the valley. For Noah, the trial was a flood, but he made it through it. And it didn't happen in a day. It was, a, it was a, I would say, a, at least a couple month period of time, minimum. We know, or more. For Jonah, it was growing through the College of Whale. Are y'all here today? Some of you are shouting, amen, pastor. I'm listening to you. I'm just back here crying and wiping my eyes. Amen. It's all right. It's all right. We all go through things. And sometimes in our spiritual experience, I think we get discouraged and frustrated, but we got to know, Lord, this is a season in my life, and I have to continue to keep obeying you out of this and through this, and I know that on the other side I'm going to be better. God didn't bring us here to stay but to pass through it. He didn't bring us here to destroy us but to make us. Amen. Are you hearing me today? I remember when we moved into this building and, and, and then the city came out and they said, you know, you can't, you can't have church there. And I had signed a lease and everything was weighing in on me. And people that were supposed to be encouragement to me were saying, well, you know, maybe God didn't call you. Maybe he didn't do this. Maybe he didn't do that. And I was like, no, I know I heard from heaven. I know God called me. I know I'm here in the will of God. And so I learned when I was sitting in that office back there standing, I said, God, you brought us here. You opened the door. And now the enemy is making me feel like you've abandoned me. And I've got Job's comforters around me telling me just to quit. You know, sometimes the, 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 the voices that come to you have a Christian label on them. 
You know, the very first offering I ever got when we started this church came from an unbeliever. I don't know if he felt sorry for me or what. But he said, here's $100. He said, I wish you the best. But you know what? That was God saying to me, I'm going to bring the finances from the four corners of the world. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. That's what it says in the Bible. And God said, I'm going to cut it loose. Amen. And he began to cut it loose. I praise God for that. But all of that being said, Noah went through the trial of the flood because we're going to go through dark valleys in our life. We're going to go through things. Daniel was in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a fiery furnace. David fought against a giant. One of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament was Jeremiah. And he prophesied really judgment. And it landed him in the pit. Can you imagine preaching and saying what God said to say? Even though the the, the people you were speaking to didn't want to receive it. But God said, say it anyway. I created you for that. Can you imagine being birthed? The very first chapter being birthed and formed for such a ministry to, to speak prophetic judgment against a nation that had forsaken God. And then he got thrown into a pit. And I can imagine there were times when he felt like, Lord, is this what I get for preaching the truth and sharing your word? But we know God eventually vindicated Jeremiah through it all, but he was in a pit. Joseph had a dream, but he found himself in a prison cell. God brought him through it. Amen. It was a long period of time of being being betrayed and enslaved and becoming a servant and being thrown into a dungeon, being betrayed again. But God brought him through and he was second in command to Pharaoh. God knows how to bring you through. But had he not went through those things when he got to the top, he wouldn't have known how to act when his brother stood before him. Amen. God had to humble him somewhere down in that dungeon. Amen. For John the Baptist, it was jail and beheading. For, for Paul, of course, it was martyrdom, but a thorn that he lived his whole life dealing with. In fact, he came to God three times and he said, Will you please remove this thorn? And God said, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, Paul. And my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to remove the thorn. I'm going to give you the grace to make it through it. Jesus, of course, went to the cross. And I want you to notice, and I don't diminish that at all, but he's in a different category. He came, he was born to die. But he went through the things and suffered through things and he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And you and I will learn obedience through the things that we suffer. Faith, going through it, will develop things in our life that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Notice each experience was unique and that it was because of the conflict or persecution or even sometimes sin even if you're going through a conflict or you're going through a consequence in your life, God will give you faith through it. 
Sometimes it's not your fault and it had nothing to do with anything that you did, but you're there and you got to trust God that everything, this is something that God has recently in the last year really impressed upon my heart. He said everything, every child of God goes through in their life. He said, is all in the perfect will of God. You say, even the evil and the bad things, God is developing something in you and me that would never happen. We don't like to hear that. Nobody likes to hear that kind of message. That doesn't make us shout and want to run around the building. What you don't understand is the very scripture says we were predestinated to be conformed to the image of Christ. And if God cannot put the squeeze on that clay and shape it and make it, you'll never be nothing but a lump that is useless. But if you let God put the squeeze on you, He begins to shape you. Amen. How do you learn how to love people that are unlovable? You go through things. You know, we, we say iron sharpens iron. That isn't just me and him sitting down here talking the word. That's me and him disagreeing and coming together and saying, you know what? We're, 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 we're going to come to a place where I'm going to show you grace, you're going to show me grace, and we're going to be forgiving, and we're going to love each other and be unified, and we're sharper because of it. There's not sharpening with a knife unless there's friction. But that... Fr- But that friction brings the sharpening. Amen. It brings the sharpening. Number one, it brings the sharpening that maybe somebody needs to forgive somebody else. But it also causes you to step back and say, maybe I did something that was a little bit offensive or maybe a lot offensive. And I have to step back and say, maybe I'm part of the problem. Because, you know, we have a hard time embracing the fact that we might be part of the problem. We're part of the problem. Amen. We're part of the problem. But people that don't ever see anything in their life that needs to be refined or changed or conformed, you're part of the problem. Amen. Because ultimately, God, and see, we don't like to embrace that. We're like, well, it's not supposed to be that way. I realize that people are supposed to act like they're Christians, but they don't. They're supposed to. And that's how God, if you really love God, He's going to bring you through that. And we pray and believe that by the end of it all, that you will be sweeter than you ever were in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, though is the experience of all, through is the testimony of those who held on. Amen. Let me say that one more time. Though is the experience of every person in here. But only through will be your experience when you've held on through it all. We sing through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And that verse says, I thank God for the mountains and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for all the things that He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve one. I'd never know what faith in my God can do. We will never get to unless we go through, through it all.
I've actually talked to people that are like, you know, I just absolutely and totally dismiss and don't even sit and listen to anybody that would preach anything that's remotely negative. And I said, let me tell you something. There's positives and negatives in that Bible. In fact, you're never going to have the right scientific combination unless there is a positive and a negative. You can't start a car with only a positive or only a negative. And there are people that all they ever want to do is hear all the positives. They don't ever want to hear or have somebody preach to them and tell them there might just be something in your life that you need to pray through and make right with God. Amen. I've been around them. They're like, I, don't, I just I refuse to sit under somebody like that. And I said, well, let me tell you something. What you're saying is, what you're saying is you're, being, you're a spiritual spoiled brat. Because what you're saying is I just want the cotton candy. I just want the sugar. I want the ho-hos and the donuts. I just want the chips. I want all the sweets. And I don't want anything that's good for me. I've got a cafeteria Christianity. I don't know why I'm here today, but I'm here. I want this and this and this, but no, I'm at the buffet. No, I don't want that, don't want that, don't want that. Well, let me tell you something. As a Christian, you got to take it all. And people will say, I just want all the blessings and only those kind of things, but I'm not going to sit and listen to anything except that which is going to encourage me. And church, we need encouragement. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be preached. But if you cannot be dealt with by God, you're illegitimate, and that's biblical. He said, if I can't chasten you, I can't spank you, if I can't bring you down here to this altar and say, you know what, there's some things you need to make right, then what you're saying is, I don't have a father. I'm my own. You know, me and Jesus got our own thing going. I said, clearly. Amen. No, you don't. Let me give you something from the Word of God. He's not just Savior. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. Just last night, I had something that took place. has nothing to do with anybody in this church. It's something external with a family member. But I had something that came up in me. And I'm going to be very transparent. You know I've been very transparent. I'm going to be transparent. And something came over me, well, just, you know, just don't even talk to him. Just don't even respond. Don't talk to him. Don't nothing. Just, you know, just give him a good old letting alone. Don't even act like you ain't never said that or thought that. I've been let alone by somebody. I've had people lose my number, and I thought, what did I do? Let me tell you. And I sat there, and I got in prayer this morning, and the Spirit of God said, all right. Because we're all going to go through seasons in our life and we're going to be brought to a place where there's going to be something that's going to arise, it's going to happen. And now how are you going to deal with this? If I'm your Lord and I'm your Savior and your Lord, I'm going to put my finger on that and say, you can't feel that way. You can't be that way. Because see what happens is, and I, 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 and I, I know that this is part of faith, because Joseph had to go through this. Had he not died to that, when he got up there, And he was second place to Pharaoh. He would have had his brothers murdered. He would have had them killed. 
Because hatred is murder. So the Lord said, I'm putting my hand on this. And Jonathan, right here in this prayer room, right here, you have to deal with this. And I said, Lord, I am. I cannot feel this way if you're my Lord. I have to, the devil wants me to feel that way. And see, then what happens is if I allow that, then that's just going to be a root. It's going to take up root, and the seed's going to creep up. And the next thing you know, then I got a plant coming up, and I'm going over there, and I'm nurturing it. Amen? Because somebody will speak something to you to nurture that. I don't even want to call it nurturing. I'm just saying infection grows too. Amen. But if you don't deal with that and its root, it'll spring up. The Bible says a root of bitterness will spring up and it defiles many. And God said, if you leave that there, son, I'm your father. If you leave that there and you allow that to fester, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And the thing that the devil wants you to do is be divided with somebody in your family. And if you allow that, if you allow that division, then you are not living in obedience unto me because I'm the God who said you must, number one, forgive everybody. You must love somebody. Love and perfection is when you love your brethren or your sisters or your family. Amen? You have to. Now, I'm moving on here. We will never get to that mountaintop unless we go through in faith, through it all. Often we say, Lord, I don't have time for another setback. We want to speed up the operation. We want to run through the valley instead of walk through it. Whenever this is a walk of faith, it's a walk in the Spirit. We want negative circumstances corrected by 7 a.m. in the morning. You know... I had somebody, this was a couple months ago, asked me to pray, and we prayed and believed God for somebody in their family. And today, I got word that the family member we were praying for picked up the phone. Do we lose sight of Calvary because it didn't happen the very next morning? God began to work, and he may have been working for two months, three months on that person. They finally picked up the phone. And any progress is a sign that God is moving. He said, do you see anything in the sky? And the servant said, I don't see anything. Go back and look again. Back and forth, back and forth. He finally said, do you see anything? He said, I see, told the prophet. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, oh, oh, oh. God's moving, amen. We see a cloud the size of a, ha- of a man's hand. That means God is getting ready to pour out the rain. He's getting ready to shower down the miracle. Three and a half years of no rain. And Elijah said, I see, he said the servant said, I see a, a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. And God began to move miraculously. 
miraculously and the famine was over because God began to rain down rain from heaven. Amen. We need to pray God send rain across this nation. I know they're getting it back east but we need it out here in California. Amen. We need it on this side of the nation. We need to pray. God said you need to pray. The church needs to pray. People need to pray because we're acting like there's going to be water forever if God doesn't rain down something from heaven. Oh, Pastor, weather's weather. I'm going to tell you, you can pray and God can move. Praise God. But we want the negative circumstances corrected by first thing in the morning. We want the schedule back to normal. We don't ever like going through things, but we have to go through them. Conforming takes time. And also God is making and preparing a people in faith and through faith to be filled and fitted for heaven. Those who love His uh, appearing, and, and I'm sorry, but not everyone's desire is to see His appearing. I want to see His appearing. The Apostle Paul said, I finished my course. Listen to his language. He said, I, I fought a good fight. I, I finished my course. I kept the faith. In other words, I lived a whole life in faith and through everything I went through, faith to faith to faith to faith, the beginning of faith to the end of faith, here at the end of my life, I went through it all. Everything I went through, he said, I fought a good fight. There were times whenever everything was beating against me, I fought the beast of Ephesus. I fought a good fight. I fought against those that came against me. I was shipwrecked. I was snake pit. I was beaten with stripes. And he said, I was stoned and left for dead. All of these things took place. You know, I went through all kinds of things. In fact, he said, we were pressed beyond measure to the degree that we almost died. We felt like we were going to die. He said, but the Lord knows how to raise his people up. Amen. And he said, at the end of my life, Timothy, I've been through it all. And he said, let me tell you. He said, there is a waiting, a crown of righteousness for me. Amen. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. And henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness and one for everyone that, that, that has a hope in his appearing. Amen that has a hope in his appearing. In other words, our whole life, amen, should not be in faith throughout this life just so we can have a comfortable life, but that will come to the end of all things and say, through faith, I've lived this life and I'm going to stand and my faith wasn't just a faith to live by, but it was a faith to die by. Because let me tell you, and you're, there's going to be people, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or you're going to think that I'm harsh when I say this. I shouldn't say disagree with me, but think I'm harsh. Maybe I shouldn't start out on a qualification of a negative, but I'm going to make this statement to you. If you don't keep the faith, if you don't have the faith to stay right with God and live for God through everything, that's what it takes to get to heaven. Oh, pastor, it's the blood of Jesus. You have to have faith in the blood. Oh, but pastor, it's the grace of God. You have to have faith in that grace. Amen. 
It's by grace through faith that you're saved. It's faith in the finished work. It's faith in the blood. It's faith that I must live this life and I must live a holy life, a righteous life. If if I fall or I stumble or I make a mistake, faith gets back up. Are you here? Faith gets back up. And so when I'm going through it in faith, that means every time I've been at the lowest moment, the darkest place, where I felt like, God, I don't have any more strength to go. He says, come on, keep on walking. Go through it in the name of Jesus. Well, faith doesn't need to run We need to learn to be still and wait on God. To find God's pace. I'm sorry, to find God's peace. We have to be in God's pace and find His pace. Amen. Do you know that there are people that are frustrated? They're frustrated because God doesn't do in their spiritual life exactly what they want the way they want it. You know, my mom as a kid, she didn't buy us the clothes that we necessarily wanted. She bought us what we needed. Amen. Now, some of you will understand what I'm saying. Some of you have no idea what I'm getting ready to say. We used to go down to Sears and Roebuck. And my mom bought those tough skins. I mean, they're still alive and well today. They're at some thrift shop. Amen. Because they don't wear out. They had patches inside. You didn't even need patches. But they had patches on the inside, on the knees. Them tough skins. My sister had a pink pair and my brother and I had a denim pair. We might have had two, but I doubt it. My mom didn't have a lot of money. She's a single mother. So here she put those clothes on us. And I'm telling you, those things are still around somewhere. They're tough skins. They weren't Jordash. They weren't Adidas. Come on now, Esther. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. There was a period of time when, just like they got designer jeans today, you know, they got all the holes in them. But still, all of that being said, I don't have a problem with people wearing holes in their jeans. I don't have a problem at all. I'm just saying when we were kids, we put patches on those holes. The poor people wore those with holes in them, not us. We had enough money that we had a patch to cover them. But here I stood with my tough skin jeans on and my green and white checkered shirt. And I said, Mother, why is everything in my life that you put on me green? She said, that was your favorite color. I said, I don't think that was my favorite color. I think that was your favorite color. Well, it made your eyes pop, son. I said, okay, praise God. So I wore those tough skin jeans. And I can tell you, they weren't the most becoming They didn't make you look, you know, whatever you want to say, good looking, buff, handsome, whatever, you know. But they worked. They were utility. And they lasted. And it wasn't what we necessarily wanted or desired, but it was what we needed. God said, You're going to go through things in your life. And you've got to understand something here, son. That I'm trying to bring you through. And I'm trying to show you 
even though you don't understand why you're going through this, why you're experiencing this. I'm doing something in you. But doesn't that other person or doesn't this situation, isn't it the enemy? I'm not saying that the enemy isn't behind things and he's not stirring up trash and nonsense. That's his job. Let's be as hardworking in faith as he is against destruction in our life. Because let me tell you something about the enemy. He's, he doesn't quit. He doesn't quit. So don't you quit. I read where Elijah was told to learn about the place called there. In 1 Kings 17, 1 through 9, and God told him, I want you to go by to that brook of Cherith, and I will take care of you there. That's what he said. Then he told him, go down to the widow of Zarephath, Zidon. And he said, there's a widow woman that will take care of you there. There's the place called there. We read uh, the whirlwind that he prayed in heaven was shut up and then it rained after three years and he had to trust God to bring him through that time though whenever it wasn't raining and the judgment there was this place of transition his place of learning how God hides us and shelters us through it all how God sustains us and how he provides for us and then he came uh, to the word that God gave him to go to another place called there it was a place where your experience not only is, is what God's brought you through, but it's an experience where God can use it to be a blessing to somebody else. Because the widow of Zarephath had to trust God. Elijah is already there in faith. He's already been brought there in faith. If it, you know, God brought him there and told him to go there, and he responded in faith. And then he told her, make me a cake first, and then your meal barrel will never run dry. God spoke something to me this last week in prayer. He said, there are people in the church. This is a word for some people in this church. He said there were 12 spies, but there were only two that, that came back with a positive report that we can take the land. And he said, there are people in here. And he said, God is raising you up. And what you're doing is you're going into the promised land. In a sense, when you pray and when you seek my face and when you're alone with me and when you're in my word and you're going into that promised land and you're bringing back a big old huge cluster of grapes. And he said, you're coming back with a report. Yeah, it's a warfare. Yeah, there's giants in the land. But look what we brought back with us. And he said, there are leaders in the church. There are people in the church. And they're praying through and they're meeting with God. And their, 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 their relationship and faith is being developed. And it's being stretched. And it's being exercised. And they're coming back. And he said, in this age and season, in this generation, you're going to be the ones that are going to come and say look what's on the other side look what you can have on the other side look what you can experience on the other side there's something greater than being on this side of Jordan you understand there's something greater than that there's a promised land that we can possess there's a promise that there is a juice in the spirit there is a fruit of the spirit there is a fruit of that vine a spiritual place of new wine he said that you can possess you can have and the only way you're going to be able to come back with a faith testimony 
and a faith that will excite, we pray, people around you is going to be because you went there. You went there. Because not everybody that sees the promised land comes back with the same opinion or the same testimony of faith or hope. Not everybody does. I worked with a man one time. And dumb me, you should not say things, you should not talk about spiritual things in front of unspiritual people. And I'm in, and I'm talking. We were at Living Waters at that time. Maybe we were in the jail or the prison, I'm not sure. But I'm sharing with these men in my office because I just was just, just so, uh, just filled and just flowing. The overflow in my life. And I said, my God, we had people get saved last night. Had a, had a man get delivered. I believe it was when I went to the, the prison for the first time. And, and the first time I had a man that was demon-possessed get set free. And, and I'm going to tell you, God completely surprised me. Because I preached a bilingual service. And the whole service, we got to the end. And at the end of that, I'm singing one final song. And an old boy's back there in the back. And he's crying, got his hands in the air. And I, was, I, I, was, I had two minutes left, three minutes left. Maybe five at the most. But I knew my time was short. They were going to ring the bell. And they had to leave. And, and he said, call that man up here and lay hands on him. And I thought, well, Lord, what, what's wrong with him? He said, just lay hands on him. I thought, well, maybe he's missing his wife or maybe he's missing his family. He's crying over a case or something. I don't know. And he came up to the front and he stood there. And it was so interesting, you know, because I had an interpreter. And then I had this old boy that played mariachi, you know. He's playing mariachi. And I thought, you know, he's kind of a performer. You know, he's up there and he's singing. That's how mariachi, eh? just loud and boisterous. And, you know, but I looked at him and I thought, ah, you know, this guy, you know, he, 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 he's, he's not very spiritual. Well, you know, at the end of that service, God clued me in on a lot of things. My interpreter, who I had great confidence in, was all the way at the back of the church at the drinking fountain. And here's old mariachi here next to me. And I said, sir, come here. And I laid my hand on him. And I said, father. And he went, boom. He just hit the ground. And I was like, what in the world? And I knew then he got a devil in him. I'm here by myself with mariachi on my right and my bilingual translators at the back of the drinking fountain. And I thought, I got on him like ugly on an ape, man. I got down there, and I'm, we're casting the devil out of him. Next thing you know, I look up, and there's old mariachi right there next to me. Don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know what somebody's got. Within 30 seconds, that man was standing up, weeping and crying, shouting, praising God. God delivered him in 30 seconds. Wasn't no rolling around the floor. Devil, tell me what your name is and all this other stuff. He got delivered in 30 seconds. So I went to work the next day and I'm telling them, or maybe it was two days later, I'm telling them, I'm t oh my God, you should have seen it. It was awesome. And, and God just delivered in this. And I'm telling them, you know, this demon possession thing is real, but the power of God is real. It's even more real. It's powerful. And I'm telling them about this, you know. And here I am. And here's this old guy, you know, with a cigarette in his mouth. 
He goes, yeah, that's all you got to do. Just put, put the Bible on them. I said, what? Yeah, just put the Bible on and tell them you got to leave. I said, that's it. With a cigarette in your mouth. Just put the Bible on them and tell them to leave. I said, let me tell you something. The Lord said, shut your mouth. He said, people dabble in things they don't even know what in the world they're talking about. I said, you know what? I said, you're right. We've got to tell them to leave. And I turned around at my desk and God said, do not speak spiritual things to unspiritual people. They have no idea what you're talking about. But I said that to say this to you. Amen. There is a generation out there that needs to know God's people have come through something. That they've come through something. I'm moving along here. I'm going to quit here. Mighty God. Elijah went through a place of transition, place of learning, place where God had to take him where that faith could be a blessing to somebody else. God's bringing us as a church there. What you experience in your prayer closet is going to come outside of that, and faith is going to come. And, he came, and then came the word to go to another place called there. It was an experience that helped others. This is the lot or plight of a remnant believer in a God-rejecting world. There's a lot of people out there. They do not realize how dark it is. But whenever light comes in their presence... They know. Sister Scouts had a demon-possessed nurse whenever she was in the hospital. And uh, God sent a, a, a med tech that came in and brought her prescriptions. And she said, told Precious and Pastor Friday, I know God brought that man there almost like an angel because it was something about that woman. She could never give me my medication. He always gave it to me. God knows how to take care of his people. Disappointments will come, but disappointments become God's divine appointments. Think about it. If you never went through the valley, you'd never know the aroma of the lily of the valley. The three Hebrew boys would have never met the fourth man in the fire. And though you're going through the, the trial of your life, it may be a bankruptcy, it may be a divorce, it may be a trial in your marriage, it may be a trial with your children, it may be a trial in your body, maybe something else. You look around, life's very taxing right now. You've got your own problems and then you've got all of the insecurities in the world, but you cannot put your faith and trust in that. We've got to put our faith and trust in God. He will bring us through it. Just remember the shepherd walks by your side. And soon faith will be sight and a cross will be a crown. And though will be your through. Don't waver. Keep on walking. Because all things work together for the good to those who love God and are thee called according to his purpose. Amen. Father, I thank you today. You're a good, good father. And though we walk, Lord, through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil, for you're with us. God, you're with us. Come and be with us today, Lord, through it all. Through it all, I thank you, Lord. Mighty God, mighty God.
Amen, amen.